In the fall each year we all congregate The bound all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a precious Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show. I'm your host, Seth Saunders, joined as always by my co-host, James Kemp. What's up, brother? What's up, man? Recovering from uh, our quick 30, 32-hour trip to Atlanta, but it was well worth it. Boy, it sure was worth it. And we have come away with one unquestionable scientific fact after this weekend's endeavor, and that is that James and I are not what we used to be, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> that is what's true. That, uh, that is true. What, what's that Toby Keith song? Not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Uh, that's us, homie. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> not as good as we once were, but as good once as we ever were. So yeah, yeah. Saturday Saturday was our once. Yeah, and we've just exactly. been getting we've just been getting dominated ever since. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So let's talk about the trip a little bit. We both had real, real early starts. So we've talked about the reason for my early start because I was staying in Charleston so we could go to the Sam Hunt concert Friday night, which I'll talk to you a little bit about. Good show. Good show. Uh, Arena's cool. It's like a tennis stadium. They have a tennis event here in the spring every year uh, on Daniel Island. And so it's in the tennis arena and they've been having concerts there for years, but they, they recently redid it. And it was the first time we had been back since they redid it. And, uh, it, it was nice. And, you know, it's outside, which I feel like is always cool for a concert because it's kind of got that open air feel, even though you're still in a stadium. Um, and in, in a lot of ways, a tennis stadium is like a miniature football stadium. Like both ends are closed and you kind of have an elevated area. So we were like in the middle area. This is a neat place to watch a concert. I haven't been to a concert there in over 10 years. And I told you the opener for the show ended up being a performer named Lily Rose, who I didn't know anything about before we went to the show. And she played ton of energy, put on a really great show. And about the middle of the show, she just drops, well, I'm a, I'm a Georgia girl, and we got a big duck hunt tomorrow. Go dogs. I looked at my wife and I go, oh. So anyways, she was great. So if you, uh, if you're looking for some new music to listen to check out Lily Rose, she was cool and she loves the dogs. So two checkpoints there. And, um, yeah, so that was a fun time, but so, you know, we had talked about what time we thought I would get back. I got back to the house. I don't know, give or take like 1145, 1150. So I was in bed about midnight. And had to do what uh, old Orioles manager Buck Showalter used to say. I had to sleep fast. So I slept uh, till 3.15 is when my alarm went off. So I was out to bed 3.15, got myself situated, and made my way to the airport. Homie, like, we talked about this. There's this line. Do you watch Yellowstone? Are we talking yeah. about this? Yeah. Okay. You know the line? I think it was this last season, or maybe it was the season before. All right. in The new kid that comes on the show who like something happens to his dad. And so he, he's like, yeah, I know who you're talking about. okay. 
there's a scene in the stalls where I can't remember if it's Kevin, I can't remember if it's John Dutton's character, who it is, but says, good morning. And it, you know, it's like four o'clock in the morning. And he says, I don't, I don't care what anybody says. This ain't morning. It's still nighttime. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, that's all I could think right in the airport. I said, this ain't morning. This is, this is still nighttime. Just unnatural to be up at that time of day. Well, then I get there, get parked, whatever. I showed you where I parked, parked in spot 33. Yeah, I thought, I mean, could this be any better? And I walk into the airport, homie, there's literally a line like out of the door. <laughs> and I'm going, uh, I got to be on a plane in like hour and 10 minutes. What in the hell is happening right now? Because <laughs> Charleston is a small airport. I I would say Richmond's a, Richmond is a two-terminal airport. Terminal A, Terminal B. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Charles, Charleston's yeah. same, same way pretty much. Tiny airport. Uh, easy to get in, easy to get out. And so I'm like, uh, what, what is happening? Did no one show up? It turns out security just wasn't open yet. So that was everyone just waiting to get on their flights. Like I got there so early, the security gate was not even open yet, brother. <laughs> so yeah, that was the start. Now you had pretty much same start time, right? Yeah, I got up at 305 because I have about a 45, 50 minute drive, depending on traffic to the airport. Got there, got in really, I mean, Richmond was, it was open, got in right away, got to my gate and just sat there for like 30 minutes before I could get on the plane and then just got going. I mean, Richmond's a really small airport too. So was shocked. They actually had a direct flight to Atlanta because they usually don't have direct flights anywhere. So, yeah. yeah so I got in, we landed a little early at like 620. I, the sun still was not up when I landed. Just to put that out. It was coming up when I landed at like 650. It was still rising. It was still nighttime when your boy landed. (laughs) (laughs) So I got in and then made my way over to your terminal because you were in A. I landed in B and you were in A. So I made my way over to to get you. And I think we were both on pretty big planes because, dude, I saw pretty much 100 people came off your plane before I saw you. Oh, yeah easy i mean i was right in the middle of the plane and there was i mean it was packed six people across the whole way back you know and i was right smack dab in the middle on like seat like 37 yeah so that was good saw you we linked up and then we took the marta into the city so now hold on let's let's rewind let's give everybody a little bit of backstory on our hotel scenario because it's okay. only this, there's going to be a great payoff for this, but I feel like it's yeah. not as big of a payoff if you don't know the whole story, right? That's true. That's true. Okay. So let me break this down. So we had originally booked, Uncle Chris had originally booked the hotel that we had stayed at for the SEC title game, which is this like, I think it's a Homewood Suites and a Hilton Garden Inn, but it's two hotels attached. So it's two Hilton properties in one. And it is literally right at Georgia Tech's campus. Like you look out your hotel window and you see Georgia Tech's basketball arena and their whole sports complex kind of right there. You don't see the football stadium, but I think it's like baseball, softball, and like the basketball arena. And so that's where we were going to stay again, which is great. But the one dagger of that is you have to drive down to the Benz area if you want to set up and like tailgate and all that type of stuff. Well, let me rewind. You don't have to drive down, 
you could Uber. I'm sure some folks could walk, but it's like two miles, which I feel like is a little bit too much on a game day. So we were going to do that, but I had checked on Tuesday and seven different hotels that are right at the bends in the college football hall of fame all had openings. So I text uncle Chris and I'm like, Hey dude, we can stay at the embassy where we stayed at from our bachelor party back in 2011. We won't have to go anywhere to park. We, we can just have a, like a stationary point where we can hang out and need, be near all the tailgates, be near the stadium, whatever. He's like, awesome. I'll book it after work. So I get a text from him that night. Just says embassy booked. Sweet. Thumbs up, baby. Fired up. Well, I'm at the Sam Hunt concert Friday night and I get a text from him and he's like, I'm having a major panic attack right now. And I'm like, what happened? He's like, I think I booked the wrong hotel. And he sends me a screenshot of the embassy suites perimeter and says, is this the right hotel? And I'm like, nope, sure it not That's not the one. I said, pretty sure that's by the Braves Stadium. <laughs> well, wow. sure as shit. It was 20 miles from the Benz. <laughs> so I felt horrible. And I just texted him back. And I'm like, that ain't the one, homie. And I texted him back a picture of the one that's down at Centennial Park. And I don't hear from him for like two hours. Well, okay, that's a lie. I heard from him like an hour and a half later. He's like, hey, can you give me a shout real quick? And I'm like, dude, I'm at the concert. I got to call you after the concert. So I call him at 11 o'clock. And he's like, don't worry. I got it taken care of. I got it switched. We'll be at the embassy at Centennial. So I'm like, awesome. And we're fired up, right? Well, while I'm sleeping, you know, while I'm sleeping fast in my big three-hour repose, I get a text from him that I wake up to at about one in the morning. And the text simply says, when you get here, you are going to shit. <laughs> and like in a good way. And so he's like, I'm not telling you anything else, though. So now that all of y'all know that, you know what boss and I knew on our way to the hotel. So we take the Marta, had a lovely Marta ride in, pretty much had a car to ourselves. It was easy. What did we pay? Three fifty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it was stealing. Dropped us right at State Farm. We pop out of State Farm, immediately see the bends. Nobody's there. Beautiful morning in Atlanta. Also, on our way back, we see precisely where they're setting up for the Players Lounge DGD Mafia tailgate, which we'll get to later, and had a nice little walk to our hotel. So Uncle Chris had left us keys for the room. So we hit the front desk at the embassy. And we're like walking up to the room and we get there and we notice on the little placard outside of the door, it says the Centennial Suite. Now, let me tell you a little side story, too. This is kind of a Seth and Uncle Chris joke. But every time my brother and I stay at a hotel on one of these trips, we make the joke like the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall that we're staying in the Kapua Suite where they put Jason Siegel's character. Oh, yeah, we're staying in the Kapua Suite. We're never actually staying in the Kapua Suite. It's just like a normal hotel room, but it's just a funny thing to say, right? So anyways, let's just be real. So we open this door, and what's the first thing that we see? Hold on. It's just, it's ginormous. I mean, it felt like we were, I mean, it wasn't a double-decker, but it was as if we were in the room that the McAllister family ends up in in Home Alone 2, 
after the hotel comps them because they found out they booked a minor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, full living room, dining space, and like a full king bedroom in the back. Yeah. Well, which was, which, hey, homie, that would have been great all by itself, right? Then we opened the blinds a little bit and there's a door out. And it kind of looked like, didn't look like he was like a fire door. Like if you open this, every alarm in this place is going to go off. Yeah, exactly. So I was very hesitant to pull the trigger on the open at first. But I look at you and I'm like, the sign says we can open it. You think we can open it? You're like, just open it. So y'all just listen to us now. We open this son of a bitch and there is a balcony. We could have had a flag football game on that balcony. No? (laughs) Legitimately, it would have been tight, but yeah, we could have. Homie, I could have thrown a deep out to you in that balcony. <laughs> yeah, you definitely could have. We could have, had mul- we could have had multiple cornhole games going at one time on this balcony, no question. Like, like Johnsonville Professional Cornhole Lake. Yes, yes. Like six rows of cornhole games. Yes, it was and huge. It, it was huge. It was probably bigger than the hotel room. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we should have taken pictures. That was a big whiff on our part. Yeah. We did we did shoot a video on it just yes, to try did. and show how outrageous it was. But anyways, also, it overlooked Centennial Park. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. So, like, straight off the balcony, you see the Ferris wheel and the big tall building that had Go Dog streaming across the top. And then you turn directly to your right, and it's CFB Hall of Fame get a little tip top of the bends in the view. I mean, it was just outrageous. So, I mean, we were legitimately in the Kapoor suite. Yeah. Which I do feel like we didn't really get to take advantage of. I mean, if we had known that that's where we would end up, we legitimately could have hosted a tailgate there, like a full fledged multiple tents, bring everybody in your mama and everybody could have had a good time. No. Oh no, Definitely. Definitely. But it's impossible to set something up that quickly when you have no idea what's going on. No idea. But boy, was that a beautiful surprise. So as soon as Uncle Chris woke up, he just had this shitty grin on his face when he walked out. Like, (laughs) I told you. I told you. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fantastic. And I think low key best part was it was on the second floor. So we literally had one flight of stairs directly down to the free breakfast area. And boy, does the Embassy Suites put on a nice little breakfast, my friend. Yes, they do. Which is perfect for your favorite co-hosts, because we were in need of some nourishment. (laughs) We needed sustenance badly. We were struggling at this point. Well, then we made our way. We had to ask the folks in front, hey, look, we need to get some uh, cold libations. Where can we get some cold beers? (laughs) And... They send us down to this place called like Hello Atlanta or Welcome to Atlanta or something, some little shop. Like it wasn't a convenience store. I mean, it kind of was a convenience store, but it had like, you know, like little knickknacks and stuff. Then just a wall of booze. And we just figure we'll get a couple 12 pack of cans because that'll that'll suit us till we get out into the tailgate area. <laughs> so James rings up first and he got 12 pack. Would you get two monsters or just one monster? One monster, two packs of goodie powder. I mean, my boy at the desk rings it up, and it's like forty-seven dollars. <laughs> and I'm I'm looking around, going, "Did my boy like sneak something in that I don't know about? Like, what's he got? He's got a whole bag of snacks in there. I, what is forty-seven dollars?" 
12 pack, 26.95, y'all. 26. I mean, I ain't mad at him. He's got a he's got complete dominion because there ain't nowhere else to buy cold beer. So I hope he made a mint. Good for him. But yeah, he, he popped as good. Now, in fairness, I think I what were they the only beers we paid for the whole day till we got into the bins? Yes, they were. Yeah. So, but hey, it was well worth it because boy, did popping that first top feel outstanding and that first sip was just glorious that first 2022 football season sip mm, that's tough to beat brother yeah that was great yeah so that was good and um oh tell them tell them what was also in atlanta this weekend oh dragon con yeah so dragon con is one of the bigger comic-con type events and it's the biggest one in the south so definitely and so there are multiple people there in our hotel that are dressed up going to dragon con so you've got your southern football and your west coast football for the oregon fans and then you've got the exact opposite crowd oh so it is very good people watching oh it was it was awesome (laughs) i mean folks dressed up in full costumes it was it was a show my friend it was great um okay so then we were game planning what are we going to do and our first stop was going to be we're going to go to the players lounge dgd mafia tailgate which was an outdoor tailgate but it was tented and it was set up pretty much right in front of state farm arena and so we walk over there and it was our impression that it was going to be a food-included tailgate with a bar where you walked up and paid for the bar. Yeah. So we get in, and kind of a good omen, who's the first person we see when we walk up to get in there? First person I saw was Keith Marshall. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, no. I was going to say we saw Hunter and Spike Squad. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry. I'm, yeah, I thought you were my player. Yes, we saw Hunter. Yeah, so we saw Which Hunter is Street. Salt of the Earth. That's the first time I've met Hunter. So Salt of the Earth, good dude. Just great person. Oh, such a good dude. Every, I mean, a DGD in every way imaginable. Member of the Spike Squad. Just such a good dude. So we see him with the Spike Squad. Got to talk with him for a little bit, which was great. And then we get in there. We go to get ourselves, you know, our first tailgate cold beer of the day. And I pull out my car to pay. And she, lady goes, open bar. All, all included. I'm like, you, you serious, Clark? <laughs> I mean, it's just good living, brother. And shall we say, I made a poor, poor executive decision on the outfit choice. Went jeans and cowboy boots for the first part of the day. And it was hotter than a $2 yeah. pistol when we got to that tailgate. Yeah, I don't know what you were thinking on that. I told you before we left that you were an idiot. But I, you, know, I, you don't you listen know, to me when it comes to that stuff. I was feeling pretty good till we hit the front part of that tailgate. And then that sun started leaning on me. And as DGD David Pollock would say, I was sweating gravy from that point on. Well, but, you did make the point that you were like, you're like, you know, it doesn't, you're like, as you've gotten older, you've realized that you're, you're, you're vain. So I, you, know, you want to look good. That's true. And I do love, I love the look in them boots. So that's, that's a good point. I'm not scared to say I'm that. I'm all about you, the comfort. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to get to that point after we went back to, to get ourselves set to go to the ball game. Cause I couldn't do it anymore. But, uh, so yeah, that tailgate was cool. I mean, great food. I thought the barbecue was awesome. Oh I'm going to food was amazing. 
Yeah, I'm gonna forget the name of the folks that provided the barbecue, but we should we should post that because man, they were it was some kind of good. Excellent. Yeah. And uh and yeah, Keith Marshall was there and we got to chat with him. He was very nice, very, very nice. nice. That was the first time uh that I'd met and talked with him. He was awesome. Uh Todd Gurley was there, we saw him. Um Jeff Blaise found out that he is bitch. he is no longer a Baltimore Orioles fan. Just want to be very clear about that. Very disappointing in that. Very disappointed. But but it's a fact, nonetheless. No longer a Baltimore Orioles fan. Uh, saw Mr. Milton. Mr. Milton was there. Yeah, very nice. That's the second time we've met him. We met him in Charlotte last year. Yep, very kind man. Uh, always enjoy getting to see him. And who else did we see? Uh, Jeb Blazevich was there. Yep, uh, that's right. Josh Murray was there. Yep, that's right. Um, oh, the I new think- Mean Machine was there. Oh yes, yes. Very new, very nice new BMW with the uh, the championship logos was there. Looks yeah. very, very, very slick. Yeah, it looks sharp, man. It looked real sharp. I overall ten. Out, what are you giving it out of ten? The DGD Mafia players on Stellgate. Uh, Nine point five. I thought it was excellent. Like I had no complaints whatsoever. The lines moved quickly. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't have to wait long for anything. Like you didn't have to wait long for like even a bathroom. Like I mean the everything moved smoothly it wasn't overcrowded i mean it was excellent it was probably the favorite my favorite tailgate i've gone to at any sporting event i I will say that i can't think of one that was better yeah it was a very well done event that is i would agree that's the best formal tailgate that i've been to i would say um very nicely done i thought it was a nice touch that as your entry pass they gave you the actual like hard coated plastic press passes yeah. like you would get um, with the lanyards. I thought that was a nice touch and uh, you could just tell it was very well thought through and it was executed uh, well also. So yeah, that, that was awesome. So if you get a chance, if you're a, a member of the DGD Mafia, if you're, if you're a DGD holder and a member of the players lounge and DGD Mafia and get a chance to go to one of their events, you know, I can't imagine any of the events they, are going to do are going to be any worse than this one. Right. So make it, make it a point to go to that and support that organization any way you can. Cause that was uh that was great. And they're doing good work and, and doing cool stuff via the NIL uh, Avenue. So yeah, that, that was great. Then we uh, exchanged some correspondence with Brooke Whitmire and Brooke invited us to come over and visit them at their tailgate. And they were over in the home Depot lot, which is really kind to them. So we made our way over there almost our timing was almost perfect because we got there and what five minutes later, the dog walk started dog walk started. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was great. I mean, they had an awesome spot there in that home Depot lot right outside the bends and uh, got to hang with Brooke. That was the first time we'd met Brooke in person. We've had him on the show twice, obviously we got to meet him in person and he couldn't have been nicer. And we got to meet his family and uh, boy, just all of them. Absolute beauties. I mean, great family and boy, they, they had a kick-ass tailgate too, man. No, I actually, the, my favorite item that I got this weekend was from their tailgate, that the koozie, the nothing finer in the land tailgate. That, that was yeah. my favorite, favorite item I picked up this weekend. Same. I took it to the beach yesterday with the family and, and had a beverage. In it. So, yeah, I'm the same. I loved that. They used one of my favorite logos on it. So, I mean, that, oh, that yeah, was a great. lot of fun. So we, we hung out there, I don't know, what do you think, half hour, hour, something like that? I think we were there probably about 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Before we headed so, back to the hotel. Yeah. So then it was getting kind of close to game time. So we decided to go back to the hotel, kind of have a little quick reprieve and then head back to the game. Now, 
let's talk about the most important thing from our walk back to the hotel. So on our walk back to the hotel, we decided to scoop into the World Congress Center, A, to take advantage of the oh. air conditioning. And also because I had to use the facilities, but we're walking back and from like 40 yards away, I see this dude dressed in full Buddy the Elf gear with a big Oregon O on the back of the costume. And just grade me out here for Coach Sinclair for my NFL combine time in cowboy boots. What'd your boy drop the 40 in to go catch Buddy the Elf? I mean, I was like 4.8, 4.9. I was like Jordan Davis time in the boots. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. Pretty good for an out of shape 38 year old in cowboy boots. So yeah, I was hauling ace <laughs> down the conference center to catch this guy. I was like, brother, this number one is outstanding. Number two, I have to take a picture with you. And then I didn't even see it till he turned around. Our boy, Best had part. A, a full container, a syrup container full <laughs> of booze. Full of booze. And so what did I tell him? I said, hey, look, man, I know we're enemies for the next four hours, but I just got to tell you, this is the best thing I've seen all day. I think you're my new best friend. And what did he say? Best quote of the weekend. I'm here to get drunk and cover the spread. (laughs) Oh, it was so good. He was such a character. Yeah. I mean, that guy was just a treat. So that was the best line of the weekend. That was just my favorite. We're here to get drunk and cover the spread. <laughs> well, I hope he succeeded on the first one because the yeah. second one did, did not, not happen. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so that was great. And then, uh, yeah, we just walked back, changed, hung out for 20 minutes or so, maybe, and then walked back to the game. Yep. And then walked back to the game. Now, your first time being in the bends. Let's get a little rating yes. on the bends. What would you think? Oh, my God. That stadium is amazing um i'd probably give that probably a nine eight eight and a half nine out of ten like i i know that there's better stadiums than the bends but i haven't been in for me that was my best stadium experience yeah it's awesome every time i go i'm like i don't like it any less i mean i like it just like i liked it the first time i came It's, it's just a it's a great place to watch a ball game Sat in a different area than I've ever sat before. And also, it's the first time I've been in the bins during the daytime. Uh, each of the SEC championship games, you know, they start at four o'clock, but it's pretty much dark, right? So, yeah, in December, it's pitch black. So, so it was kind of cool because the way it's set up is that one end is pretty much all glass. So, it kind of feels like the out, you're outdoors a little bit. But climate controlled. I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. And so it was neat getting to see that perspective and that view. And um, uh, they were selling booze. Oh, yeah, they were. Till halftime. They stopped at halftime, which we didn't know until we went to go buy booze after the half. And they were like, bars closed. Yeah. But, hey, I, I was not expecting that they were going to sell booze. So that was cool to have a nice, nice beverage in the stadium. And um I, th- I liked our vantage point. We kind of lucked out because the way the, the game ended up going, we ended up having a lot of action right in front At of us. Right in front of us, yeah. Like Malachi's in- interception, right in front of us. Uh, Stetson's touchdown run was right in front of us. Kenny's touchdown, right in front of us. Right in front of us. Stetson's pull keeper touchdown, right? I mean, we saw three right in front of us. So it's great. Yeah, we were in the Oregon end zone 
for so we can give perspective where we were sitting. We weren't in yeah. an end zone. We were in a corner. Um, mm-hmm. but we were in the uh, – if you're looking at the stadium, we would have been on the – or on the uh, – what sideline? I didn't even notice what sideline we were. We were on the Georgia sideline. No, we were on the Oregon sideline. No, if we were you, on the if, we were on the Oregon sideline near their end zone. Yeah, if you've been to the Bends before, we were very, very close to Molly Bees. So not directly below Molly Bees, but probably one section over, closer to the goal line, uh, near Molly Bees, which I, convenient location. If you walked straight up from our seats, men's bathroom, perfect. And then there was also a bar right there, which is where we got our drinks. So that was great. And super close to that open end zone, which was a great congregation point. Um, got to see Aaron Davis at halftime. You missed him because you went to get beers, which they didn't end up having. We saw Aaron, got to meet his wife. She was lovely, beautiful couple. Um, so it was good to get to see him, spend some time with him at half. And then we got to see Jamie, fourth quarter. Yeah, I see Jamie in the yeah. fourth quarter right before the goal line stand. Did I tell you? Maybe I don't know when it was. Post game, I'm in the bathroom waiting to take a leak. Who do I see? Zach Tully. Yeah, Augusta golf. Yeah, play. Zach Tully. You did. <laughs> you did tell me that. Give Zach a hug right in the middle of the men's bathroom. So <laughs> yeah, so that was funny too. But yeah, it was uh, that was a lot of fun. We had a good game watching experience. We were sitting beside uh, an Oregon couple, and bless their hearts, they were very nice older couple. They have season tickets to Oregon and Eugene they live in Arizona and they had been in Georgia for the week they had spent time in Savannah and Beaufort well Savannah Georgia Beaufort South Carolina and then I think they said had spent some time in Macon maybe maybe I'm misremembering that part of it but um very nice couple long day for them though bud yeah long day but uh yeah, but we had some dogs in our section too. Uh, what four or five guys in front of us were dogs fans? Four and five guys in front of us, yeah. So yeah. and then some people who moved down as the game went on when people started to leave. So yeah. but let's talk about the game a little bit. I mean, we 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 do need to talk about that. So yeah. Um, okay. L- let's do this first because I haven't watched TV copy yet, but you have, correct? I've watched it, I haven't watched the whole thing. I've watched it through about through the first touchdown of the third quarter. I still got to watch the majority of the second half. All right. I think if, if people are listening to this podcast, they know what happened in the game. So I want to prompt yeah. you with some questions. What was the biggest surprise of the afternoon for you? Uh, the How comfortable Stetson looked. Like he just – he was in complete control of the offense. Like I've never seen him look that comfortable. Like he looked more comfortable – Saturday than he did against um, UAB week two last year when he just lit them up for, you know, 280 and five touchdowns and a half. Like, I mean, it, it looked like he was playing against UAB again. Like he just, there was never a moment where he looked rattled. He was making, he made every right decision and he just looked in complete control. It, it's clear that he was QB one all off season. So that didn't surprise me as much because I've been telling you for a month, I thought they were a powder keg waiting to explode. Like I thought the offense was going to be a weapon and they did not disappoint. So I'm going to go opposite side of the ball and I'm going to go pop. He played a bunch, right? I think 30 some snaps, but did not play. I thought he was going to be every down, right? Just inside linebacker, every single down. He wasn't. And maybe some of that was 
Oregon's scheme and what they were anticipating that they were going to go fast, which I think they kind of did. I think the, the point total overshadows a little bit what Oregon's offense actually did. I mean, they did fine. I think they were almost 50% third down complete uh, conversion rate and they had over 300 total yards. So it wasn't like it was a terrible day, um, but maybe that was part of it. They just wanted to have more sideline to sideline flow out of the linebackers because smile got a ton of run. I thought he flashed a bunch. Um, and I thought pop was great when he was in, he just wasn't in as many places. as I thought he was going to be. Did I read in, in Seth Emerson's second glance that Malachi had 50 snaps? Yes. Uh, and he played all over the place. He was, safety slot corner um, linebacker a couple of times he played even played um, I think they had a couple where he played outside linebacker like he literally was all over the field which I mean I didn't expect to play linebacker but I like I said a couple weeks ago he's just too talented to keep off the field yeah okay I'm gonna give you my top three plays from the game and you tell me if you have a different three Okay. Uh, number number one, I mean, anybody who has a pulse, it's Malachi's interception. Uh, yeah. What a play. Th- yeah. That would have been what a play for a fifth-year senior. I mean, yeah. just an uh, incredible One play. of the best interceptions I've ever seen. I think that's what Chris Smith said post-game. It's one of the best interceptions I've ever seen, which <laughs> I thought was cool, right? Um, yeah. Play number two, Darnell's catching the flats in the hurdle. I don't know. It's, I guess the reason is because it just seems he's done it before. So I guess it is, that's not as much for me anymore. Um, oh. It was impressive, but I wouldn't put it in the top three. Oh, man, I loved it. It was just such a clean hurdle. And he landed it like oh, it was it was be- it was a beauty. Plus, he's such a specimen. He shouldn't be able to. Yeah. He shouldn't be able to do that. But yeah. do you remember what I said after that? The next time he, the next pass he caught, he was looking to do it again. He started yeah. to do it, and the guy didn't go down, and he was like, "All right, well, I'm just gonna run over you." So. Yeah, yeah. So that that was number two for me, and then number three, I even though it was probably an ill-advised play, it was just an electric moment. Was the Stetson play from the one with the roll right, roll left, lads all by himself for a hundred years, and then he finds him. And then Darnell the Washington flag. gives, yeah. Then Darnell Washington gives Lad the Heimlich, which is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, that was a great one. So those those are my, I think, three favorites. And maybe if I went back and watched the TV copy, I'd have another one. I would say my honorable mention is Christmas pick, just because it felt so so much like the one from last year in Charlotte. Uh, he just makes a great yeah. read, steps in front and rolls. I thought he had a magnificent game, by the way. Oh, yeah, he did. I think he won the SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Yeah, I think so. And it's it was justified. He had an outstanding day. He was he was hard to miss. I'll put it that way. It was very evident that he – I mean, he was a force. Um, I do have one different play. This will take kind of take place. I, I love the, the play where Stetson with the touchdown to Ladd. But uh, I'm going to go a different route. I'm gonna, not going to count that one because you did. I do have a different sets in play. The sets in play where he took the shot from flow and delivered the dart to um, where he had AD come back. AD was running a streak and he had yep. AD come back. Um, that was one of my favorite plays the entire game. Seeing that on the TV copy was even that much more impressive because 
last year, Stetson runs the ball in that play and just gets like a four or five yard gain. This this year, I mean, he stood in there with a guy barreling down on him and delivered. I mean, that was a 25 yard gain. Um, yeah. And I think it was third down, if I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure it was third down. And I mean, that was a huge play. So I love that play. And then as far as an impressive play goes, it didn't when it happened. I didn't think it was that impressive, but seeing the replay of it, Kendall's run, touchdown run, mm-hmm. he juked the defender out of his out of his shoes. You got to see the play again because it like when we saw it, it just looked like he just kind of ran around him. But and Kendall normally is a guy to just run over people. And he literally put his foot in the ground and made a cut that I haven't seen Kendall make in his first two seasons. So he ran completely different on that play. And you remember, I was very hard on Kendall all game long when we were there. Like, I just didn't like the way he was running, but maybe it was from our vantage point. And the TV copy didn't do him justice except for that play from what I've seen. That play was very impressive. And if he can run like that the rest of the season, man, he's going to be a force. Yeah, I do wonder how healthy he is. I just feel like with hamstrings, that's such a that's such a funky industry injury. So I, I do hope he's fully healthy. You know, as the resident driver of the Kenny McIntosh bus, I was very happy on Saturday. Well, I mean, Kenny, I mean, they I think they put him in at wide receiver in the slot. I think they ran him in the slot 12 times. Well, he had did he had nine catches. Well, yeah, but I mean, he had some catches out of the backfield, out of the slot, but I mean, they were running him all over the place. Like he was very, I mean, I, I don't really like to do NFL comparisons, but he reminded me a lot of like Austin Eckler with San Diego, like the way they use him. Like they just kind of put him wherever and we're like, we're going to get you the ball in space and just let you do what you do. Yeah. And I think that's smart. I mean, that, that is in all honesty, it's what I anticipated them doing with James Cook last year. And maybe it's just, Coach Munkin's more comfortable with Stetson as a distributor this year. So he's just like, yeah, let's do it now. Like, let's do this. I just felt like James could have been that that kind of weapon. I mean, dude, I, I would never have batted an eye if James had a game where he had, what, nine catches, 117 yards. I wouldn't have think, thought twice about it. Yeah. Because that's right in his his pocket. So, and seeing Kenny do it didn't surprise me either. Uh, it's just a targets thing. Oh, let me tell you my other big surprise. I, I should have had one A and one B. Dude, which we had talked about this a little bit because, again, Kirby tells you everything you need to know if you really listen and you know what you're listening for. Arie Gilbert did not see the field until the second half. That surprised yeah. me. I mean, even, even hearing what Kirby had said, that still surprised me. So that just tells me that he has not been consistent in practice because they're pretty uniform about that. If you're not consistent in practice – then we don't trust you enough to play. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure that Oscar Delp got on the field before he did. Am I wrong about that? Oh, yeah. No, he did. He definitely did. Yeah. So that was a little surprising. I think that's something to track and watch. Because, I mean, look, whatever's going on in practice, I have no – I'm not privy to that. But he's a weapon, right? And so it will behoove us to utilize him at some point. And so hopefully he he kind of – the maturation process continues and he's he's there eventually because, I mean, look what they did. Saturday and essentially, well, not essentially, he didn't. He didn't play. I mean, he wasn't a factor. He had no catches. And they still put up almost 600 yards of offense and scored at will. Well, look at the, I mean, 
other, I mean, you take out Kenny, look at the distribution of the passes. Nobody had more than five catches. Mm-hmm. And our biggest weapon, re- realistically, Brock Bowers had two. Yeah. So, and they were both in the first quarter. Yeah. In the first two drives, the first catch pass of the game, first catch of the game, and then on the first first catch of the second drive were both Brock. Everything else after that was nothing. And I'll, I'll say this too. I know Stetson was impressive on Saturday, but so was Lad McConkey. I just he he's gonna cause people some problems. And AD, I thought, looked awesome as well. He was in midseason form. I mean, having both of them that way. And then you think Kier's popped some too. I mean, I think Kier's ended up having 45 yards receiving or something like that. And he was noticeable. I saw him a lot. So he's yeah. healthy. He's healthy. Exactly. Yeah. And I the cupboard is full, as they say. Yes. So uh definitely that, is. That's something to look forward to. And I didn't hear of any, at least maybe I'm just forgetting them, but we come out, no injuries too, right? No, no injuries. But with that being said, this, I said this at the game and I said, I'm going to say it after the TV copy. Tate is not healthy. Yeah. Tate looked, Tate got, I didn't notice it at the game, but there were two plays in the first half. Tate got pancaked on one and he got blown up on another. So I don't know if it's the fact that he wasn't able to keep up his strength because he was recovering from the injury or if he's just not in the shape because of the turf toe this year or what, but he's not the same player that we expected him to be going into last year, or he's just not in the shape yet. One of the two, because he's just, he looked, he got beat up on Saturday. Well, I think that was – I think the the O-line rotations were something that probably surprised both of us. The fact that Mims played as much as he did and by all accounts had a good game. I mean, you'll know better because you've seen the TV copy, but everything I've read. Oh, my God. He was – I mean, McClendon is a pro prospect this year. Yeah. And Mims was pushing people like, you know, every play like three, four yards downfield. Yeah. Like, I think if Mims was more – technically sound yeah and like it'd be impossible to keep him off the field but i mean you can't you can't take mcclendon out like it's almost one of those things it's like mcclendon's done nothing to lose his job and mims has done nothing to take it from him but mims is such a freak that it's it's hard to keep mims off the field you know what i mean well, I, I, I foresee that they are going to continue to rotate and get guys reps. Number one, I think it's good for depth, but also, I, you know, I, in some ways you're always prepping for next year too, right? So, yeah, he's going to I play mean, next year a lot. Mims is our, Mims is our left tackle next year. Cause yeah. I think, I mean, Jones is, I mean, Jones, I mean, best thing about a left tackle is no sacks and you didn't notice him. Like yeah. you didn't notice him. I mean, he, he didn't get beat. He had no penalties. Like, I mean, he played great. And I think Jones is, if he continues this play, is probably going to work himself into a first-round left tackle next year. I wonder, too, and, and again, I'll have to watch the, the TV copy of it to see for sure, but I think the jury's probably still a little out on the O-line because I did think Stetson did a nice job Saturday getting the ball out quick. I mean, I don't, I don't know the times on it, but it felt like there that wasn't like there were, and maybe this is 
scheme based. Maybe I'm giving Stetson too much credit, but it seemed like everything was out pretty quick. There wasn't no, a lot they, of lo- actually, long developing stuff and 2.54 seconds. I actually looked it up. It was 2.54 seconds. Yeah. So, I mean, that your offensive line's got a lot of grace then, you know, because you're asking them. I feel like it's realistic ask to keep your guy in front of you for two and a half seconds. So, I think that's a good thing. I, I will say this. At no point did I feel like on either side of the ball that we were losing a line of scrimmage, which is kind of what we anticipated, right? Yeah. I, everybody, I read a bunch. There were people were concerned that we didn't get any pressure. And I was like, well, I mean, Oregon's game plan was to get the ball out quick too because they were avoiding the pressure. Yeah. Theirs was 2.7 seconds. Like, yeah. th- there was, there's no way to, you're not going to get pressure when they're throwing the ball under three seconds, it's just not possible. But I did read that um, of the 15 times that Nolan Smith rushed the passer, he did get pressure three times. So, I mean, that's a pretty good return rate with that quick throwing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about that defense, man. They're only going to get better. And I, I agree. I think that was totally a scheme thing on Oregon's offense. Like they were getting the ball out quick and look, we'll talk about this briefly. Because I think a lot of people have turned that game into an indictment of Oregon instead of a celebration of Georgia. No, not everybody. But I feel like that's been a little undertone tenor is that, oh, well, Oregon stinks. And look, that remains to be seen, but go look at their schedule. They could legitimately be 11 and 1 at the end of the year. I mean, they play nobody. So regardless whether their ranking ends up being merited or not, they're going to be top 10 at the end of the year. And Georgia just dump trucked them by 46 points on a quote unquote neutral field. <laughs> I say, I say quote unquote, cause it was not neutral. I'm just going to no, say that it was not, it was loud. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. And really other than the two plays, which are very Bo Nixian plays, the two picks. I mean, I didn't think he was terrible. Well, I, I don't think the Starks – I mean, that was a – I mean, that, was that wasn't play, really – that really that's, wasn't a bad play by Knicks. No, I it mean, wasn't. And, and that's that's the throw. That's the that's the matchup you want. You I want mean, they, one-on-one with a safety, a wide receiver exactly on a safety. What they yeah. You know, you take that shot. The set, Now, the other one, that was a bad throw. They oh, it was bad. They him. I, on the t- dude, watch the TV copy, slow it down frame by frame. Like I even, cause I was watching with my wife and she was like, who's he throwing to? And I showed her, like, I was like, and I explained like the zone, what they were doing with him. And I was like, they baited him on this well, throw. And that's Christmas, exactly what they did. Cause they had ran that play several times. Christmas said post game. He said, I saw that on tape. That was a tendency he had on tape. Didn't he have the bubble wide open? Oh yeah. The bubble was wide open on that play. Yeah. I, and, did you see the clip? I, maybe it was on the TV copy. They were on the Oregon offensive coordinator during that play. Did you see the clip? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a maybe it was a shot they grabbed later in the game. Dude, there's a screenshot. It's a it's a dual screen, and it's the play up top, and then it's Oregon's offensive coordinator in the bottom, and it's his live. Oh, re- it's yeah, his, his live, live reaction. reaction. I did to see the that. Play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. And so you can tell that was not the read. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, I did see that. (laughs) Oh, boy, I feel that. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough film session for Mr. Nix. But, yeah, I 
I think they will be plenty talented to work their way through their schedule. I'll just put it that way. They just ran into a juggernaut. And I saw somebody tweeted this. Maybe it was Dr. SEC on Twitter had tweeted, if Alabama had had the same result in the same game against the same opponent, what you would be hearing and reading is that this could be the greatest college football team of all time. That's not yeah. what you're that's not what you're hearing, though. What you're hearing is ways to marginalize the loss. Now, again, not everybody. Like, I thought Feinbaum came out and was pretty strong about it, that they're going to be a problem. Georgia is going to be a problem. And Wasn't it Feinbaum who said that it's like, it's, once again, it's Georgia and Alabama and then everyone else? He's like, there's a large gap between Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. Yeah, so you can't discount the opener with Ohio state Notre Dame in this, in this chatter. And it was a huge number. I think everybody expected Ohio state's going to come out and hang half a hundred on Notre Dame. And it's going to be this blowout win. And Notre Dame goes in there and kind of just punches them in the mouth. And it was, I mean, it was kind of a boring game when you say, I mean, it wasn't like there was a lot of fireworks. It was 14 I mean, it put me to 10. Sleep. Yeah, I, mean, I know we were tired, but it, it, we both of us fell asleep in it. So, and some of that you can't, uh, you obviously can't discount the kid getting injured in the first quarter, second quarter. But you also can't build your entire team around one player. Well, no, 100%. I'm not saying that. And then he's not the only weapon they have. But it was, what did we say in the preview show? Either this is going to be Minnesota and Oregon from last year, or it'll be Michigan State from last year. Yeah. And it was much more Minnesota, Minnesota. I would say. Yeah. Um, because even in the Oregon game, I thought their offense looked pretty good. They just couldn't stop Oregon. But Minnesota, they looked real, I don't know, real glitchy, real stop start. And yeah. that's kind of there was no flow felt. at all. Mm-mm. You know, the difference was they played Minnesota on the road. So you expect that a little bit with a young quarterback. They were in a horseshoe, homie. So yeah. And uh let, let's also say, obviously, one game sample size, things can change. That Notre Dame offense is not impressive. <laughs> well, the thing that surprised me most about Ohio State was their offensive line did not look good. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, Notre Dame, I mean, I don't know if Notre Dame's defensive line is supposed to be all that because I don't know much about Notre Dame this year. I, I mean, I know Freeman's – I expect Freeman to really elevate that program, but they're, they're, they were not opening up holes for the running game. I mean, Stroud didn't have a lot of time. I mean, their, their O-line just did not look good, and that's not what you expect from them. I don't expect them to be, like, extremely dominant, but you expect, like, you know, there to be space. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was surprising. I mean, I, I mean, I didn't think Ohio State would cover the number. Obviously, we both picked them. Well, I picked them in the pool. I think you did pick Ohio State, but I think that was more, I of, a good, I think that was more of a gun-shy pick than it was a, you actually thought yeah. they were going to cover. Every time I pick a, pick pick them, they uh, pick against them. They burn me, and every time I pick, it's so I was like, I'm going the other way, and I'm going to pick them. And of yeah. course, they you know burn me this time. So yeah, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't think they would cover that number, seventeen and a half, whatever it ended up being, but I did think they would win pretty comfortably, and it was not that. I mean, it, yeah, I they were uh, jury still out on them, but in fairness, the jury was out on them after the first couple of weeks last year. So it's a long season. I'm sure they'll find their footing and be fine, especially in, a, I think what we could all agree is a pretty soft big 10. Um, I mean, dude, Michigan hadn't even named a starting quarterback yet. So yeah, 
we'll see. We'll see what they end up being. I, I do want to um, <clears throat> harker back to the a quote from the sports writer from the Oregonian real quick. Um, did you see that? Yeah, I did see it. That was my favorite quote of the weekend from anyone that wrote about the game. He's like, uh, he said that Oregon um, will not face another team as talented and as good as Georgia. They ran in, they did not run into a buzzsaw this weekend. They ran into Georgia is what makes buzzsaws weep. That's right. Yeah. That, is, that a, was a great quote. What a line. What a line. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Kirby comes out yesterday in his press conference and drops a line like only Kirby can. Standards don't need motivation. Oh, I love him. I just love him. I was so fired up. I was like, I'm ready to go right now. Let's just tee it up again. Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I all around great weekend. We had a fantastic time. Um, we went five and five. Brooke went six and four six on his four. picks, which, hey, that may be the best opening week in the history of the show. Six and four open week, pretty good. Yeah, usually we're in the two to three win range on the opening weekend for guest yeah. pickers. Yeah, it's a good week for Brooke. I, you know, there were some some tough beats, man. I, that Utah interception within the six when all they had to do was get a field goal to tie it. It's that's tough. And that's tough. Yeah. Obviously, the Carolina App State game was tough, and um, you know LSU FSU was nuts. I mean, it was it was a wild weekend. But uh, yeah, that's a good week for Brooke. Six and four is a good week. Six and four held up probably till like week nine last year. So um, that that's yeah. nothing to. Yeah, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. That six and four week to start it, and we are going to have Aaron Davis on this week. So we are fired up to have Aaron back. Aaron's been on. This will be his third straight season doing a preview week with us. We love Aaron to death. He's just the best man. You talk about salt of the earth and just great people. So we're fired up to have him back on. And uh, first week of the Pick'em Challenge, <laughs> homie, guy went ten and zero. That's impressive. Yeah, I've got to reach out. Um, to, to chat with him or her and, and, and see what it was, but, uh, 10 and oh, man, <laughs> he had, he or she had Clemson needed to cover for them to go 10 and oh, and Clemson covered dude, my baby sis went eight and two. And she, if, if Georgia tech had covered, she would have gone nine and one. So would you, hey, and I went seven and three. What'd you do? I was five and five. I, t- I think I five. took pretty much the same games we took in the pool. Um, I, I think the, not. <laughs> I think I may have diverted and taken. I took South Carolina, Georgia State, which I went honest completely with you, opposite of what we did in that pool, in, in the pool. I didn't pick. I think I picked like two of them. Yeah, I, I, I may end up doing that. I generally try to look and see something that just kind of sticks out at me. That's pretty glaring. Like that South Carolina line felt like it was glaring. Also, that game was pretty tight. I think outside of them, didn't they have two scoop and scores in that game? I mean, outside yeah, of that, it was it was twelve six. Until yeah. like halfway through the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you from an SEC uh, macro perspective, Spencer Rattler and Will Levis did not look outstanding week one. So, oh, you mean top 10 pick, Will Levis? Yeah. Will Levis better get right quick because they got to go in the swamp now, don't they? In that game in the swamp? And the, uh, it's in the swamp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know we're going to do our in our preview episode, but did you see my text message about the week two slate? Well, you said it's bad, but I think it's all right. We got a, we got a, we got a trophy game, Seahawks <sighs> game. Dude, there's there's like three games that even just looks remotely entertaining. Oh man, there's there's some in there I'm interested in. Uh, BYU Baylor, that's a fun game. I, I don't not uh, BYU. I don't think it's gonna be very good this year. I think that game's gonna be a blowout. Is that uh, one of our picks? <laughs> did, our I picks. Give, did I 
Oh, damn. Whoops. <laughs> yep. BYU Baylor is one of our picks. Uh, Clearly, I don't the, know what our pick sheet is this week. <laughs> I got the Mississippi State-Arizona game on there. That's one of the games I'm interested in. Yeah, that's a fun one. 11-15 Eastern kick. <laughs> just, there's so many things I can't wait to talk about with that game. And what else do I have? Well, Swamp, the, the Kentucky-Florida Kentucky, Florida, game. That's a, that's a compelling game. See, everybody's going to be on the Alabama-Texas game, but I, I just that game interests me very little because I just I, I that's not compelling to me. If this game is two years from now, I think when Sark has some time, like it's just still too early for Texas. Have we? Has anybody given any reasonable explanation for why that game is a noon kick? No. I mean, I know it's on Fox. Was it just Fox wanting to have it roll from big noon kickoff right into kick? Like that's their thing, right? Their big game yeah. of the week is at noon. So is that is that all it was? Texas. Yes. That just seems insane. First off, did you see the weather? It's going to be ninety-seven degrees. Mm. Kick. That sounds just miserable. Miserable. It'll be hotter no, than the surface of the sun. Yeah. Um, no, no thank you. Yeah, it's a hard pass. Yeah. So right, well, we can talk about that. No, no, there's a couple. Then. There's a couple other ones on there that I thought were interesting, but um. Oh, I'll tell you one that's interesting, especially after what they did with UNC. App State's playing Texas A&M. I did not even see that one. I think that's is it, is it in Is it in College Station? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that one. A&M looks like hot garbage. Dude, they're, they're so – look, man, they're overrated. I, we can talk about they, that for an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's all I got. We had an outstanding trip. God bless you for coming down from, from Richmond, making the trip. It was super fun. Good on Uncle Chris for making the wheels turn like he always does. It was great. We didn't get too banged up. We were pretty good. Pretty good for some old pappies. Yeah, exactly. We didn't even talk about our tequila shot that we took. Although you didn't have to take a tequila, did you? You took a little bullet bourbon, didn't I took, you? I took bourbon. Bullet bourbon, yeah. I don't do tequila. Bullet bourbon. Woo. Yeah, boy. Boss likes that brown water. I can't do it, boy. Y'all had to y'all had to call it a had to call the authorities. The ambulance would have had to come get me. So now some good <laughs> stuff. Bull bourbon, some good stuff, man. It is. I told you it was our wedding bourbon. That's the bourbon we buried for our wedding. So got the bottle at the house. <laughs> there ain't no there ain't no bourbon left in it, but I got the bottle. <laughs> All right, homie. Well, we'll be uh, back to the grind tomorrow. We'll have Aaron tomorrow. We'll get this posted, but then we'll have Aaron, and that'll post Thursday. So. We are off and running, baby. God, it feels good to have football back. I've just been in a good mood for like the last three days. Yeah, me too. All right, well, I'll see you in like 24 hours, brother. Go dogs, right. sick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now.